0: What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, All of our Taco Moto co-branded components come with a no-questions-asked lifetime warranty and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM, and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it. Or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and knows meets the the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. Heather Lewis is on this
1: week's show
0: and shares a few nuggets of
2: motocross motorcycle knowledge. While Jimmy interrupts, as usual,
1: they touch on... Girl, bikes, suspension settings, how to ride better, and tuning for traction and feel. So you'll have to watch this week's show.
2: And we are live with Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is a dirt bike test production where Jimmy Lewis and uh, sometimes his co-host talks about motorcycles and motorcycle-related products. We try to answer your questions, give you good, solid information and advice about the things you may be curious uh, about your dirt bike, your dirt bike riding, all those kind of things. Um, Welcome. Thanks for joining in on the live show. If you are listening to this uh, on a podcast on Apple iTunes, it's probably, I don't know, You're probably looking back wondering, like, when did they record this? (laughs) Uh, Long time ago, maybe. Because we're having a hard time getting those things put up there based on... uh, There's a lot of open sponsorship opportunities, if you will. So we're waiting for someone to come in and and buy that first chunk of 30 episodes, get it up there. But making us get out of uh, our normal routine and come here on Tuesday night is uh, thanks to KTM... Uh, KTM is powered by a distinct ready-to-race mentality. Did you know that? KTM is the world's leading high-performance street and off-road sport motorcycle manufacturer with North American headquarters based in Murrieta, California. Over the years, KTM has built a reputation as a fierce competitor on racetracks around the world, and the brand's remarkable global success is reflected in every product it develops and every move it makes, specifically the move it made to sponsor this podcast, right? I think so. So, um, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks to KTM for helping us out. Doesn't mean um, that I'm gonna. I'm only gonna answer KTM questions tonight. That's it. I'm gonna have to just. No, I won't. I'm just kidding. Uh, but I like to. You know, brought sp- brought to you by Climb, our special guest tonight. Our special guest, like she's she's a little giggly, huh? Giggly. You're not giggly. <laughs> not giggly. <laughs> Our special guest tonight is guess what? It's my wife, Heather Lewis. Is can I sit next to you or far apart? Well, we got to do social distancing, right? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> so next just make sure. Well, you can, and that that way you can kind of hear yourself and you hear what I'm saying. I I wear them a lot of times when there's a lot of people in here. Oh, c- there's yeah, there's there's no one in here. There's so no one in, yeah, there's no one in here. That way you can hear how much when they start jabbering, you can tell them to shut up. Oh, okay. Well, so. Uh, welcome, welcome to my uh, my show, my podcast, Heather. What do you, what do you think? Um, I don't know yet because I've never done this before. So I'm, <laughs> right. I'm afraid I'll have to read
0: some crazy stuff or like oh, pronounce people's you,
2: names you, that I don't know. Or... You know all the sticks then. Yeah. You know how, how we've made this out. Yeah. Um, it's really easy, Heather. You just answer the questions and you know, a lot, it's amazing. I don't know
1: much about motorcycles.
2: Yeah, you do. No, I don't. You know way more than most people. Okay, maybe. It's because it rubs off. Some of it rubs off.
0: Oh, like-
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it just happens because you're around it so much. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I I'm look? actually I'm gonna bring your microphone up because I had your microphone down the whole time. You're, I think you were really quiet.
1: Where's the camera?
2: Uh, the camera's right there. You just you just look for. Actually, you can you okay. can move it in a little bit. We usually try to keep the chairs a little bit apart because I don't like hugging Logan. Okay. Logan's not here. We don't know where Logan's at. Um. So we always uh, suspect that he could be could have been abducted by aliens. Just bring that microphone towards you. Okay. You can turn it off to the side a little I'll bit like that. that. Okay. And then you can say hi, everybody.
1: Hello, everyone.
2: Good. Your levels look really good to me. So. Um,
1: is this what I'm reading?
2: Yeah, uh, somebody okay. somebody's asking some questions. No, that's last week's. So don't oh, read those. Okay. I have those as for reference.
1: Okay.
2: This is these are the ones, and with I did I did that already. So now we'll start with okay. that. But I'm I told everybody that I would go to the, uh, you know you know who's in the um, in the in the in the room tonight? Jojo Hollywood.
1: Jojo Hollywood in the house. <laughs> yeah.
2: So haven't seen him for a little while. He pops up in uh, uh, rare occasions. Uh, uh, Chris Reel. Says hi. Hi, Chris. Nice to
1: see you again. Yeah, he says you're you're a
2: welcome addition to the... um, Yeah, and Heather was not... She wasn't too far from the mic. It was Jimmy didn't turn her mic up uh, at the beginning of the show. So normal um, things. And hey, if you're watching this and you're seeing the screens flash behind us, not only do they flash our logos, our sponsors, uh, different things, some cool photos, you're going to see a piece of artwork from a bloke named Ryan Hanna. Not a bloke, just a kid. Just some some kid that I drug up out of the streets of Long Beach. He was he wanted to be a dirt biker. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, his mom didn't want to want him to you ride. You got to talk into that microphone. His thing. mom didn't want him to ride until he was like eighteen or something like that. So yeah, he came out later.
2: Yeah, well, ended up
1: being a really good rider. Yeah,
2: really good rider. Uh, he, was, he took
1: our classes and became well, a coach he was a then. coach
2: in our schools and uh, it just had the passion, and yeah. uh, he still does now. Yeah. He now he's you know now he paints. So you're gonna see this picture flashing up behind, and it's a cool. He 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 does a lot of um, he does these really cool pieces of art that have like like animated ice cubes that are always trying to jump into to, to whiskey and stuff like that. And um, he has uh, – so he did this artist rendition of – it's it's a picture of four Dakar riders. They're four American Dakar riders. One was half French. That's Daniel Laporte. Uh, the other one was Chris Blaze. And then there was myself and Ricky Brabeck. And it's a picture of us like sitting on a dune. set of dunes, like looking out into the dunes. And it's uh, – it's pretty cool. He put us all in our in our time in the right timepiece yep, and gear. in the right gear and uh, super awesome. So you can check him out. And man, I forgot to write down his web. It's R B H Artworks. Somebody has got to correct me on that. Um, It's Ryan Hanna uh, artworks, and you can follow him. You got to follow him on Instagram because he posts a lot of his his
1: art art up there.
2: I will. um, I'll share this one on the on the Dirt Bike Test Instagram, so you can check it out uh, if you are listening. And uh, I'm sure someplace it'll pop up uh, on Dirt Bike Test and things like that. So pretty cool of um, pretty cool of Ryan to do that. I'm I'm always uh, amazed when people kind of remember. Some of the old accomplishments and things and uh, good good times and uh, Andrew says it's great to see you, Heather.
1: Oh, thank you, Andrew.
2: Yeah, um, she still needs to have some marketing explained to her about girls' bicycles. I'm I'm confused because they don't make girls' motorcycles.
1: Well, what it is is the thing is is I'm always adjusting myself to stuff that you have, so I have to ride your bikes. I have to ride a men's. No, they're they're bike. they're
2: they're your bikes, and well, I set them okay. up for you.
1: No, I, talk at the
2: microphone. Don't talk don't to me. I don't really
1: own many. Um, well, okay, we have our tandem mountain bike. Right, but I have I tend to have to ride bikes that are designed for men. So I I'm very grateful. We had a couple friends give us some bikes. Let's had, borrow. Let us borrow some bikes yeah. Or and also give us... Or give us, us some
2: bikes, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, the men's bikes. Yeah, the men's yeah. bikes. So well, I've you... been given
1: free bikes, <laughs> but it, I'm so grateful for But it's a men's bike, and it doesn't fit to me. I have really bad back. Keep talking. And I do... I, I want to have something that fits me. So I rode a live bike by Giant, and I really liked it because it fit It fit me. It was actually the first time I've ever sat on a bike where I was like, wow, this actually fits. So that's why I wanted to talk to him about what, what's oh, the Oh, he sent you the between, marketing
2: package because you forwarded it over what's to me. The
1: difference, no, I found that <laughs> online. The difference between a live bike and a, or the, a men's bike versus a woman's fit. Right. And there is a difference. Why,
2: why don't they make women's motorcycles? Because I'm not going to turn this into a bicycle podcast. One other of the motorcycle guys did that and everybody beat him up. But well, I, I actually enjoy it. I don't no,
1: care. No, I think, I mean, motorcycles are a little different because it's not – we, they're more adjustable, I think, to be able to fit, purposely fit someone.
2: Because you're, you're, because you're, I don't you think the you're seat. not providing that. You're, because you're not providing the power on well, a motorcycle. Yeah. You, you, it's not so particular. It's not dependent on
1: the position of where your body is to the, to the bars. Well, it is. I take that back. There <laughs> is that factor, but when you're on a bicycle, you, your seat distance you don't have this big, long seat between you. You have a little, tiny seat that you have to sit on. So sitting in that little, tiny seat, having to reach for the bars is different. And, the, and then, like, the bar height is different. And that bar height is not just about the bar height. It's about the – I believe it's about the the angle of the um, head of – I don't know what you call it.
2: The 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 fork angle. I'm not sure. Yeah, the head stay, the fork tube, the rake and trail yeah. of the bike. So, and there's so much.
1: And there's a lot of that in motorcycling, but there's – there's it's just more i think there's more specific things for w- women on bicycles versus men is and it might be that it's it's just marketed to women but it might fit no, a small I, man I, too but they but i i don't want to keep a small going man. <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to keep going into <laughs> stuff about the bicycle but Liv has studied. They actually did some it, research on what the average size of women's body. Don't we worry, Andrew. Andrew's, Andrew's
2: dropping the market product marketing knowledge in the chat room right good, now. Good. So. Good. Yeah. No, Bad. it is good. No, yeah. I mean they actually You were did supposed some to research. call him. You were supposed to call him and bug him.
1: I've called him he and did, I didn't want to bug him. He likes him.
2: texting. He's like a kid. He doesn't okay, like to talk. I'll
1: text you, Andrew. Sorry. Yeah.
2: So. Anyway. So sorry to, to rant. <laughs> yeah. He he, he he threw that out there. Why don't motorcycles come in sizes? Um, they do. They're they're actually you know like the the Beta X Trainer. Um the KTM free ride. Um there's there are some alternate sized motorcycles out there now, and it's kind of cool to see some bikes that have some the right kind of performance for those kind of riders yeah. out there. So kind of a good uh good good time for everything. Um Wow, everybody's texting me right now. <laughs> what why <laughs> why do they I think they do I think they do it as a uh, as a joke. They I get the text, the phone starts vibrating and beeping. If I were better, I'd have it all um all set up and things. Um, Okay. So we didn't ask any questions in the chat room and Martin says, Jimmy Lewis and his better half.
1: Oh, thank you, Martin.
2: Yeah. So you have to start with uh, the question by the first guy.
1: Okay. Joe Doyle, Jimmy compliments on your hat collection. Can you please touch on rims? Excel versus warp versus tusk. I don't even know what a tusk rim is. Or does it really matter? Looking for durability over stock for my XR400. Well, the XR400 is a good choice, first of all. And no, it's a horrible.
2: You have to kickstart it. I like it.
1: the XR400, though. I've enjoyed I used to love that bike. Even though I kickstart it, you have to kickstart it. Yeah. It makes the, your right leg stronger.
2: Right. And you should you should have to learn how to kickstart a motorcycle <laughs> yeah, before you can ride an electric how to kick start to a bike. One. Yep.
1: And then it says, good T4, number 60, thumbs up.
2: Yeah, that was that was probably because he's asking a Honda question, and I'm sponsored by KTM. By the way, thanks KTM, and I will answer this question uh, no matter what. Um, so basically, with rims, this is what I found: you are going to get what you pay for, um, and you can pay a. It, it, it's it's a real progressive curve. It really really ramps up. So when you when you see those. And it, and it really drops off when, you, when you're buying something on on eBay, a Zing Zong uh, semi-round, uh, multiple-sized in one fit rim for $22. Those are blems that God knows where they found them, and that's exactly what it is. So it falls off very steeply on the low price. You get into the mid price, and there's lots of really good options. And then you go up into the XLs and the DIDs, and they usually have one or two really super high-end um, rims. And you are going to – you and, and to go up to the ones you're, you're – all of a sudden you're going to get possibly lighter weight, um, and they're trying to go for some strength there. And sometimes they have different shapes, and there's all kinds of stuff like that. So, So – I've run pretty much every kind of rim you can think of except for the really cheap ones. I've run a TUSK rim. I have a whole I have a whole TUSK wheel. Um I did the Tour of Idaho on a TUSK wheel and I probably haven't said this out loud too many times, but probably one of the dumbest things I did was I that wheel at that time when I bought it was kind of unproven. Oh. And and it was it was a new wheel that just happened to have the new tire on it that I threw on the bike and I kind of forgot which one it was. And that was the one that ended up my bike for tour of Idaho. And I never tightened a spoke the whole it, time. Yeah,
0: didn't have It was, and it was, a, it
2: was a complete wheel. It was a complete Tusk wheel, which included yeah. a Tusk rim um, hub and spokes and whatever. Um, I've used warp nine on some test bikes. We have a couple of those rims that were on bikes that I've, I've bought used that are, are tour bikes. And um, you know, I, I, the way I would put it is it depends on if, if you really want super top end performance, you're going to pay for it. And if you're racing and you're spending a lot of money to go racing, maybe you want to spend that extra money. Uh, but you can't decide whether you're going to hit something that's going to bend your rim on a trail ride or on a race or whatever. So um, let your um,
1: he's looking for durability. Durability.
2: Well, that's that's durability is, yeah, is is
1: part of quality. It's
2: part of quality, and 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 I I think you know once you're you know once you're up into the mid price range, the durability. Because the, the, what's going to bend a rim or cause the rim to go bad is kind of unavoidable. And, and the difference in the hit between what a, what a super expensive rim hit may take and a medium expensive rim, I, I think they, there's what we call a catastrophic hit. Yeah. You know, it's going to bend anything. So Well,
1: there is one, one way to solve this problem about durability is to look where you want to go. Oh. And when you come up to the rock... Look beside the rock, don't look at it because then you won't hit it.
2: You I know sound like some... a riding coach.
1: People <laughs> get know... on me
2: for that. they're like, just quit telling me how to ride. I want to buy better parts.
1: Okay, well, I am no, go saying, ahead no, you're doing if, good. Keep talking if you, keep, keep, yeah keep talking If you want to you know increase your the timeliness of how long you can have something on your bike, be a sl- you know ride slow to ride fast, whatever all that good stuff. Any good parts. Yeah, but it's just avoid the big things and I know I, I've done it multiple times where I can't see very well, so I hit things that I probably shouldn't. And I, I tend to look over and go, oh, did I hit that? Oh, shoot. No, my rim's fine. Okay. So,
2: What's next the, one. Yeah.
1: Kendrick Ward, any maps for the 2015 YZ450F?
2: So I spent a lot of time emailing back and forth. Um, it was YZ450F, a 2015 YZ450F, back and forth with Kendrick because he just like, like – I'm like, what kind of map do you want? I had like 20 of them. <laughs> and, uh, and I had them from back then, and I kind of had my notes. On, and so he, he texted me back, or not text, we were emails, back and forth. And then, and then I said, hey, I'll text you a picture of it, because I had to take a picture off the old Yamaha tuner. Uh-huh. On the new one, the new app, I can email it to him. And then he just – he doesn't have to punch it in. But um, –
1: couldn't you put we went, those in into the new app and save them? No, or because the app old? is not
2: compatible with oh. his bike. He has this little handheld power oh, okay. tuner, which was bitching at the time, but now we've evolved and
1: okay.
2: and uh even Trevor last week was reaching out to see if anybody had any really good maps for the YZ250FX, Uh and I don't he hadn't, hasn't got back to me whether somebody sent him a the most awesome map. We we made a couple that were really good. I mean, just kind of just quickies, you know. Can just,
1: you can you take the characteristics of that old map and then and then trans and transcribe if, it into a new yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah in a lot of the maps that i have i just have this set of a, of, of i have nine base maps in my old Yamaha mm-hmm. power tuner and if you tell me you want something that's you know that feels like it gives it more traction or you want something with more throttle response or this or that you i have had, that I, I know where it is and it starts at 1 and then mm-hmm. there's three columns it's nine there's it's like everything in that thing's grids in it and the first three are like more traction the middle three are are kind of these blends, and the last three are all throttle response throttle. maps.
0: Okay.
2: So, um, and if you're ever tuning a bike, and because Trevor asked me, he's like, "How do you? How did you do that? How do you do that?" And and it's like it's real simple. Fuel I mean, when you're working with the fuel map, and and this is within reason. The richer you go the more traction it feels like you get the leaner you go the less traction in other words in leaner it tends to spin up a little bit easier richer it sends, tends to get better traction so when i when i think i want more traction then i want more fuel if i want less traction i want less fuel so i always think about fuel as the rear wheel then when i'm working on like what i feel at my wrist the throttle response that's ignition and so if I want more aggressive throttle response, I want it to be more responsive, I add ignition. So that's plus mm-hmm. on ignition. Plus. And if I want to tame the throttle response, you know, a smoother, less responsive, I take ignition away. So ignition is at your wrist. Fuel, fuel is, is kind of the at wheel. the rear wheel. Yeah. If, if that's the most simplified way I can do it. And that's the way some somebody kind of started pointing me in that direction. They told me fuel is traction because we didn't at the time, we didn't have the option to do ignition. Mm. So he's like, do you want more or less traction? And where do you want it? Like at what point in the throttle? And now you can blend those two things. So if you're doing something and then maybe add a little bit fuel, but you kind of like it, but you want a little more response, at that point you can just, instead of taking fuel away, you can give a little bit of ignition and it kind of crosses over.
1: So leaner is less gas. Leaner is
2: less gas. Leaner
1: is less gas. Okay. Just like a skinny girl, less gas.
2: So and then you make less gas. I don't
1: know. <laughs> just you're going to get and yourself then, in trouble, and you're not even having tequila. And then you have the the richer, which is more gas. Okay, got so it. So with the wheel, the more you said, the faster spin up, you want more fuel to be. So you want it to be richer. So if, if you know if, if you spin. want if you
2: wanted to spin up quicker you would lean it out lean it out lean so it out make it less. less traction so, oh, okay yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. less traction yeah okay so you're ready to go you' you're fully you're, you're as equipped equipped right now as 90% of the guys to that are tuning stuff on the internet no. I promise you
0: <laughs>
2: uh, Spencer bloomer says hi
1: hey Spencer
2: everybody's saying hi to you because they-
1: no one's seen me in ages yeah I've been locked away at my job.
2: Let's see. Um, Eric Featherston says, stock rims are designed to get tacos. Uh, straighten them out when you do a tire change. I've done that. I haven't had much luck doing that. kind of depends on the bend. How
1: do you straighten them out? with the you could, I, I've, the, I've actually
2: clamped vice grips on them and, and beat and them or channel locks, uh-huh. big, nice channel locks, and bent them back when it's kind of a hickey to the side. And I've beat the crap out of them when they're bumped the other way. And, eh, it's, yeah, not so much luck. Yeah. Um, and he says ah oh, when you look, check the chain adjustment look at your sprocket bolts and check your spokes that's good too especially on a new and that's that was the thing with the with the Tusk wheels i you know i knew i w- when like on the second day when i looked at it i'm like ooh i put that one on there cuz i just yeah I probably you know unproven product you know in in my world and but it was a great way to test it in the end when everything succeeded i was happy but then i was being really careful when i was riding on that ride that wheel is still on one of our rental bikes today mm-hmm. it's still round and i don't recall having to tighten the spokes on that any more than any other wheel so i would buy another one um i i when i was at dirt rider we had a couple of companies send us some stuff and it was you know it, it was in earlier days of chinese kind of knockoff stuff and we had some stuff that was pretty bad like you'd have to check the spokes after every time every moto every time you rode it mm. so i got a question here on the Cody Joseph says, my brother just bought a 2020 KTM 300 XCTPI. I have the same bike, but a 219 carb version with a smart carb. Okay, they're not the same bike. <laughs> Yours has a carburetor and his has a fuel injection. So I'm, I haven't even read the rest of the question, but here I go. <laughs> we both feel like his could be stronger at low RPMs. What? We both played with a power valve, and it helped a lot. Would you recommend the JD Jet Tuner to cover tuner over going a higher compression head? Well, that went different direction. I thought he was going to say that carbureted bike feels like it's so much faster because it has the little bit of lag, and the lag goes rat. And so
1: he's asking if he can jet so his bike to meet Can he jet, the, yeah, can he jet his
2: bike? So like, yeah. so I do not have a ton of experience with the smart car, but I'm going to tell you that those are generally smoother and flatter feeling than the stock Makuni that your bike came with. So it doesn't have as much snap and hit. So they kind of feel slower and the fuel-injected bikes, when you kind of respect that smoothest, and, and since you have a smart carb, you understand smooth, and that's fuel injection, now you're wanting a little more pizzazz, and I don't know that you can get that with the – I think you can with the smart carb, but like I said, I don't have enough experience. Does the
1: same concept transfer over, though, the one that you were talking about with the, the tuner of the other bike? Or do you have? Or can can you still use well, you the can, leaner and the you know the gas oh, fuel and Oh well,
2: the, yeah, but you have to you have to. Well, the smart carb the has it has a, has an adjustment on the outside. It's oh, not okay. like you don't have to go in. And, well, I
1: know you're not doing it with a computer.
2: Yeah, you're Sorry. not doing the computer. You're not doing
1: a computer, but you're doing it with um the actual carb. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Can yeah. you do the same concept the leaner and, and yes. richer and so forth? For the most so part, forth? for the
2: most part, that's the same. It's not as it's. Not as it doesn't feel like it's as separate separated as it what is with the digital stuff mm-hmm. as um, although it should be but it's not. Um, so man, if you play, uh, JD Jet Kit with the stock carb is probably going to get you the from what I recall on that bike, it's going to get you the best um, performance for the stock carb, but it's not going to be the best at being smooth and. It, it's not going to be a 2020. It just, it just, it just won't. It won't be that. So um, his could. We both feel like his could be. Wait a minute. We both feel like his, which means the 2020. Did I just go down the wrong road with that? I
1: don't know. I, yeah, no, I no. Can't so, see what it says. So
2: he just. I get confused <laughs> sometimes. Um, yeah, his could be stronger. I played a lot of power. I It help. Would you mind JD tuner over going with higher compression? Okay, so they're asking about tuning the the the, the TPI. So it was what I thought okay. it was. Okay, so it, exa- tuning the
1: TPI to yeah, to went, be more like the smart so, carb. So
2: so yeah, with the with the um, the TPI bike, yes, I would go with the JD jetting tuner. Um, and you can get you can like we talked about just with fuel and and stuff. So. So your smart car bike feels stronger because it has a carburetor and it has a has a little bit of a bolt.
1: <laughs> stronger, it, it has like a, a little a, bit
2: of a. It there's that analog the analog delay. Oh, so it it actually it kind of snaps to life a little bit quicker. Um, so yeah, uh, you can you can fake the fuel injected bikes into f- running like a carbureted bike if that's what you want, but. I guarantee you as we progress, we will start learning to hate that because that's what breaks traction and causes your wheel to spin. And um, now we're getting into riding. Tips
1: riding tips again. Riding
2: techniques. Remember Beto Verber? Yes. Beto joins in every once in a while. Good to oh, see you, Beto. Good. Yeah, That's
1: cool. Good to see you.
2: Um, Let's see. Uh, Chris Real says, rim heat treatment and Joint welding is an art. Old school guys like Buchanan's have some cool technology and have an understanding of the aluminum alloys. Not all wheels are the same. You can bust or bend anything. And so here's here's an interesting story. I like to tell a story every once in a while.
1: I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so back when I was racing KTMs, like way back, when they used to come with, uh, you could get a DID rim or you could get a... I'm dropping I can't remember the name of the the rims that the in the 90s early 90s the KTM one would crack and one would bend and it was it was always a it, I think there was I think you could get an XL or you could get a Oh, somebody, somebody! Chris, come on! You, you were back around back then, you know. Dave Chase is here. He'd just mm-hmm. tell me because it was like that was, that was Dave. Dave goes. You can crack them or you can bend them. What do you want? And in Baja, we would go with the ones that would bend. Bend. And in the desert, we, we would go with, with the ones, the ones that, that would crack because we they we didn't ha- you know we had pits a lot yeah, closer. And, wasn't
1: a long long of a yeah, ride, and I
2: think it had a little bit to do with budget, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> you had to replace them all at the end of the end of the day, anyways. And I think the ones that I think the I think the um, I think the ones that the the ones that would crack would tend to last a little bit longer before they would crack, as opposed to you know they they would they would resist the bending a little bit more. Uh, yeah, Jeremy, I totally got that. Yeah, I know that the I was I went backwards on that. Sometimes I don't pay as much attention because I'm worried about Heather's audio level, and then I'm thinking that there's a really cold beer off to my right hand side. Like right over here? You want to read the next question? Sure.
1: Dan. Oh, wait. Hold on. I think I already did that one. Oh, no. I'm on Doug Derby. Like Jimmy told me many, many moons ago, KTM comes with all the good stuff stock. And then he goes on to say, you buy a Japanese-built dirt bike, period. You end up replacing wheels, bars, clamps, pegs, levers. Ready to race for KTM is not a misnomer.
2: Okay. I didn't say any of that. Although this is um, my podcast, and I let you read that, Heather, how was that? You almost <laughs> just did a read for KTM, huh? There we go. <laughs> I wonder what's hap- what's the name of our guy that was not going to is the guy who's not going to watch the show anymore because we were sponsored by KTM on the show. Um, chime in, I'll <laughs> we'll have a segment about you and, and and the seventy horsepower guy. I haven't seen him for a little while either. Um, so Brap. Equals rich and wrap equals lean. That's what Eric Featherston just uh, posted up there. There's picture on yeah. So Mark, you saw that fo- that picture. Um, I, I gotta get Ryan's. Uh, you should. you, you oh, have your phone.
1: No, I don't have go, my phone. Go, go grab your
2: phone and, and pull up Ryan's Instagram. You can okay. do some work. Mitch is out there. Um, uh, let's see. Spencer, so are you? St- Saying the fuel injected two strokes have a similar to a four stroke power delivery, Spencer asks. Yes. No. Yet they're actually they're smoother than four strokes. This is this is the crazy thing about the new fuel injected. They're they're way smoother than than four strokes. So we've kind of it, it's funny how everything has changed. Like you know two strokes were, you know peaky and four strokes are slow and all of a sudden they made four strokes more aggressive and then they made them smoother and then two strokes are too peaky now we're making them smoother again it's there's a lot of uh but you feel a definite difference um a definite difference when you go from fuel injection to carbureted on a very very similar bike and jeremy's clarifying his question here my 2020 X three hundred XC is sluggish at low RPM. I will be playing with the power valve soon. By the way, I've gone through ten plus spark plugs in fifty hours with your smart carb. Oh, that's not right. Something's something's funky with that. Um. So, oh, uh, George already posted up uh, Ryan's oh, website. Right. Okay, good, yeah, good for him. I can't keep track. There's a lot of stuff going on here. Let's hit the okay, next question. Next question,
1: here. Dan. In Dan re- says. Dan says, in reality, there is not much you can go to any ADV bike to make them work like one might expect. I've become very biased on this and very opinionated as oh, well. Oh, no, no. Well.
2: He, we, oh, I, I, you're writing it backwards.
1: <laughs> oh, well, I'm reading it the way it's written on the paper. I
2: know. Well, Logan's better than that. So,
1: well, I don't know how <laughs> you write your things.
2: I, oh, wait, Dan. In reality, as much as need to buy.
1: Are you, oh, where, oh, is that the, you? Was that your response?
2: Oh, that was the response. But oh,
1: okay. So wait. Uh, okay. So okay, okay. Is this, this is the first thing, and then I'm supposed to read that. You're that's supposed your, to read the
2: second thing first, and the first thing second.
1: <laughs> Just like everything you do, you never explain to me exactly what I need done. I'm learn a very literal person.
2: Yeah, learn on the fly. Learn on right? the
1: fly. Okay, I'm learning on the fly. Okay.
2: Okay, read that one first.
1: Okay, and then and is then, that?
2: And, and then that's my response. Now, is that
1: whenever you have three or more, like, paragraphs, is that what I need to do? <laughs>
2: No, no, I, I, it was, it was done because I copied the email and I cut and pasted.
1: I didn't know. Yeah. But usually there's a, like a, um, yeah, regular signature line after that. Okay. So no worries. Okay. I was told to reach out to you in regards to the final suspension tuning on my GSR GS rally. I'm really close, but could use an expert opinion. I'm willing to attend one of your training events and be more than happy to compensate you to ride this thing and give me your observations. Thanks for your time. Do you want me to read your response?
2: Um, yeah, so, well, my response was, and I'll just read it because I, I wrote it. It's like, In reality, there's not much you can do to any ADV bike to make them work like you might expect. So I've become super biased on this, and it's... I'm opinionated because I ride adventure bikes and and I've tested adventure bikes and I can ride them at a high level and I realize that there's a point where anybody can override the bike you just expect it to work like a dirt bike and and so I have all day long I've been going back and forth with Dan who's he's been getting me the information I wanted. He has uh, a 1250 GSA adventure and he replaced the suspension with um, track uh, track trackton traction tra- I forget the name of the company. Um, so, you know, I, I, I kind of had to actually applied. I said, sorry, if I'm too honest, you know, cause I, I expected that he was like, you know, he want actually, he wanted to, you know, he wanted to pay me to come ride his yeah. bike and check it out. And I'm like, Hey, it, I, you're never going to have magic. And, and so I just said, Hey, instead of, you know, paying me to come ride right that but here's a couple things to check. And so we were going back and forth about balance of the bike and kind of what he expected it to do and what he you know, are you riding it like with luggage or not? And anyways, he's got he's got like the um the the ESA, the electronic suspension oh, adjust, the adjust. Which has okay. gotten better and it, it, it so he can't adjust his rebound, it does it for him based on the setting he chooses.
1: Uh, is that Is that what the electronic suspension adjustment does?
2: Yeah, and then and then it also adjusts the ride height. So if he puts more weight on it, it actually adds the preload to do it. Because I always say, crank your preload up to maximum.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, kind of like you know, with the electronic thing, and and then crank it to lowest.
0: And And see the difference. See see
2: the difference. And how do you like the bike to handle? Mm -hmm. And and then at that point, we kind of went back and forth, and he's like, "Well, I can't adjust this." And it kind of does this automatically. And I'm like, okay, you're kind of fighting a battle that the electronics may not be tuned to yeah. to fight for you because it's tuned for guys that are gonna spend 78.9% of their time on street, and you wanna do 62% dirt. So it's gonna act a little bit different. And that that ESA adjusting the the rebound, probably not the best way to control a shock. I mean, I don't rebound is never the first place I go to 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 tune a shock but when you do adjust the rebound it makes a big big difference
1: what do you do usually what is the first well it depends on what
2: it what it needs like if my bike is bucking on bottoming Mm -hmm. out you know then i might slow the rebound down or if it feels like um the suspension rides a little bit too low and it starts packing i open the rebound up but these aren't things that a electronic suspension adjustment can can do so He's in a tricky conundrum, and and I just kind of wanted to – first, I wanted to just break the ice and say, look, it's never going to work like your XR650, which he has. He has a really good XR650 that had some Johnny Campbell settings in it from Bob Bell at Precision Concepts who knows what he's doing with those bikes. Mm -hmm. I have that suspension setting on one of – well, our only XR650 anymore, and that is a wallowy –
1: I love in, that
2: bike. I know <laughs> that's why it's still there.
0: Because
2: <laughs> in case we have to go adventure bike riding, did you hear her? Like it's like it's almost like it's almost like I'm me talking about the Husaberg. You know what you? Oh, she just fell in love with that. But she's been in love with that bike for a long time. Yeah, that's a good adventure bike. It
1: is a good adventure bike. If it had an it's, electric it's start, nice and couch. ours used to, ours used to yeah, have, ours
2: electric, used to have start, electric start. Yeah, used to have electric start. but it doesn't work anymore. It's still on there. 18 but, yeah, extra pounds but bonus. But you
1: actually can? Kick blame, it over. blame
2: Alan Roach. No, I
1: know. I remember when he did it.
2: Well, no, he but made the electric bad. start.
1: I know, and you got but blame him in. because
2: his shipping container got broken into that had all this, the 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 gears. That Is are, that
1: how he got it?
2: No, no, no. He no. He, so he manufactured Baja Designs actually manufactured electric start kit. Okay. And they press on this this big gear ring onto this flywheel, and it's it's a real unique part, and that's what wears out. It's just hard on it the way that oh. they activate it. So mine's worn out. That's why it doesn't work anymore. Besides, the charging system is junk and the, you know, all the other stuff. But he had a bunch of those, way more than he'd ever need. Well, someone stole them out of his shipping container, and oh. so they don't exist anymore. So, you so can't there's the fix one it. part. Yeah. So I can't fix it. So blame,
0: blame That's Alan. Okay. I haven't blame ridden Alan that Roach.
2: bike
1: in a long time.
2: Uh, you know, remember this Jerry Bernardo character? Yes. He loves Heather too.
1: Oh, thank you, Jerry. <laughs> She, she, uh, I still use your shadow trick. And
2: it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, the shadow trick. Yeah. Oh, bad, yeah. Bad. Many, <laughs> many.
1: Um, that's a, a many good. Many laughs
2: out of that, That's huh? a
1: good um, icebreaker.
2: Yeah. So I'm going to go back to Cody who was um, talking about his. Uh, so my brother's bike still feels sluggish at low RPM as well as my 19 feels instant and very strong. So. I, I'm I'm just gonna go back to like the the instant and very strong and sluggish. You guys, what you need to do is you need to. Do, I love doing these third gear roll ons. So you need to find a nice smooth. Well, you know, go to go to a drag strip that's not being used for safety reasons only. Get your bikes going in third gear. Let them go to just above idle. So you're just lugging them down, lugging them down to they're just about ready to run. And then you count one two three and you guys both roll your bikes on and and go and see which bike is faster see which one pulls better and which one is smoother and the fact that and we were doing this trevor and i were doing this on the yz 125x and the yz 250fx just to do some stuff every time i turn the throttle on the yz 125 which is jetted about as good as you can get a Two stroke jetted.
1: Rips your arms out of socket?
2: No, it bogged. Oh. It bogged. And and so I kept I kept increasing the speed so the bike would be mm-hmm. a little bit more into the power. But mm-hmm. you know, you go down to low RPM and then you will see where that's right. A and, and, the, and the difference between the 250 is that it's very rare that the carbureted bike will ever jump the fuel injected bike out of the hole. Because that bulk that, that bog, mm-hmm. do it in first gear and you're likely to flip this the the carbureted bike. You know, you yeah. might flip both, yeah. but do it in third gear. We're actually a doing a true test on. of power. A third roll, gear roll on from
1: rolling on, so from roll bottom, on however as fast just, as you
2: can, just hit well, it. Well, on the fuel injected bike, you go from zero to wide. Yeah.
1: Height.
2: On the on the on the carbureted bike, you have you, to, have, you to have to feather modulate it before because you. It'll bog. Yeah. And most people don't have the control control to roll it on smoothly. They oh, they did, did they, they want drop more. The elbow. Yeah, drop the elbow <laughs> and go, and then it bogs. And so
1: hey.
2: Yeah Cody, I, I want to, I want to get you through this. I want to, I want to have your bike with its carburetor running as good as your brother's bike with the, uh, fuel injection. And I want to make your brother's bike have some snaps. So, um, feel free to email me Jimmy at com, and I will get you some, uh, suggestions and ideas. I spent a lot of time with the JD jetting tuner attached to a Husky. And so I had some settings that could definitely, um, liven it up and, um, it's a, it's a JD tuner and, uh, uh, a, um, the Willie boys are out there again, huh? Uh, it sounds <laughs> like a UTV,
1: UTV. That yeah. Willy's.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I have a setting for you that'll, that would, that would pretty do pretty good. So let's see. Uh, Jen Morton says hi to Heather. Hey Jen. So, oh, wait a minute. Worked well uh, Jeremy says Other than without fouling plugs For 30 hours a- After they replaced Both pressure sensors Wait Whose bike's fouling plugs The carburetor one Or the fuel injected one I'm getting confused <laughs> Crankcase, But the problem is back I will now take the liberty To adjust the power valve Do the idle screw mod And maybe a J.D. Channer Jetting too. Uh Careful with that idle screw mod <laughs> It's There's There's a couple different Opinions on that um, I haven't tested, it, so I don't know. I never needed to. Mine, uh, the bikes that I had were all really good. What's our next question?
1: Okay. Um, I don't, oh, this one's from Craig. It looks like no last name. Hey, was wondering if you could oh, help.
2: you gotta, gotta start with the first line.
1: Oh, okay. Well, like your reviews, mate.
2: He's from, uh, Columbia?
1: I didn't, mate. Is he from Australia?
2: No, South Africa.
1: Oh, I have no idea.
2: No, they say mate in Australia. Well, he
1: also says cheers. Good day. So
2: he didn't say good day.
1: He didn't say good day. He yeah. didn't say a.
2: A. That's From Canadian.
1: Canada. Canada. Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> Canadian. Okay, let's
2: get the question out.
1: Okay. Um, hey, was wondering if you could help out with an opinion, given you probably get to ride lots of different bikes. At the moment, I have a KTM 1290, 1290 Super Adventure SAT, an eleven ninety Adventure R, and a new GSA twelve fifty. But unfortunately, I have a dodgy neck, so I'm looking to get some, get the most comfortable, compliant, softest-riding big-board adventure bike that I can. The KTMs always seem to ride a bit harsher or firmer, I and I find the new 1250 BMW seems to have gone the – I think he wants to say the way – or gone the A bit, but he should be saying have gone a bit – The same way. So, looking for something a softer riding suspension-wise. Dang! No wonder it's hard to read these things.
2: Oh, poor Logan. (laughs) I know. No wonder he's scared away. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So.
2: Well, everybody. You know, everybody has a hard time with it. So.
1: He's looking for something softer riding suspension wise. Would still love to go big skids and wheelies of course, but not absolutely so necessary. So this guy, this
2: guy's got some bank. A KTM 1290, 1190 Adventure R and a new GSA 1250?
1: Yeah. Three, <laughs> well, he, he's testing them out and, 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 a, he's and probably a dodgy gonna sell neck? them. Yeah. You gonna,
2: you're going you're going to you're going to spend a lot of money fixing that dodgy neck. Uh, this.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe You're the, the
2: one with the dodgy neck. Yeah, you understand that?
1: I understand that completely.
2: So so you're right, the KTMs uh, tend to be a little bit harsher and firmer, and I have not ridden a, KT- or a, a BMW 1250 yet, but I suspect since that's where they're losing customers to, they're trying to go in that direction. So I, I'm just suspecting, and I haven't paid a lot of attention to it, but, yeah, it's probably getting stiffer and firmer. The problem with that is, is and you hear it all the time with adventure bike riders, Oh my bike bottoms out. Oh, it's it's like the suspension is mm-hmm. too soft and all this stuff. So the manufacturers are responding to it from a marketing perspective, not a performance perspective. So, yes, yeah, some of these bikes are stiff. Like when I rode the KTM 790, and I still feel the stock 790 Adventure to this day is way way too stiff on the initial bumps. It just feels like it's you know it's going to jar you. Yeah. Um, but that's the and if you don't know, and you think that that's good, oh, this is race, or this is—I'm
0: mm-hmm.
2: sitting there going, no, this bike should be comfortable. And and the 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 1090, I thought they did a—they hit a home run with the 1090. Honda did a great uh, deal with the Africa Twin. The the Africa Twin, like when it first came out, I was blown away by how good the suspension was. And in fact, I remember talking with some of the engineer guys going. You guys are going to have a big problem because this thing feels so good. Guys are going to bottom the crap out of this thing and break things, which kind of (laughs) happened.
1: Doesn't it matter, like, how big this guy is or how little he is? I mean, if you're – or does that not matter? So, like, would Um, it be stiffer if you're – like, let's say you're a big 300-pound, 250-pound guy, and would would it matter what bike – These Mm. are or
2: no? No, I'm kind of talking in generalities, but yeah, if you're well, see, usually the bigger, bigger guys don't have that problem with the because they suck it it out because their body weight, their their weight adds to that. You know, when sometimes when people load up these bikes, they never, they never even notice that if they ride it completely stripped down, like a KTM 1290, Mm -hmm. which the KTM 1290 is actually pretty good as well. It's kind of the same thing as the 1090. So the Africa Twin came along; they really did a good job with the suspension getting getting that initial compliance and having it ramp up in progression so it 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 felt like it had you know a level of safety that wasn't common in adventure bikes it yeah. was better than the than the KTM 950s that tended to kind of blow through the stroke but you you had to realize hey I'm riding an adventure bike
0: yeah
1: that's the thing go back to ride slower right within and, its yeah. limits
2: if you're and i always say this if your adventure bike is bottoming out
1: you're riding too fast
2: and you didn't expect it yeah you yeah, didn't expect it. you're yeah. riding too fast i ride yeah. mine all the time and i see a bump coming up and i go mm, it's gonna bottom out mm-hmm. and i'm usually able to scrub off enough speed so it's not bad but if i didn't know to scrub off speed and i can scrub off speed better than almost anybody and then i hit the bump and it's like that was a lot and then i wonder what like, the regular guy who just said, oh, I got, you know, I, I just spent $22,000 on this bike, and it's got Dakar-inspired suspension, yeah. and they slam into it, and then they wonder why they're all rolled up into a ball afterwards. So, but he's talking about that sort of initial bumps, bump compliance and stuff. So, and, and another thing I want to kind of bring up there what is, about- like, when you start talking about your neck. Is is well it could it could be riding. You know, yeah. if you're sitting down, sitting down you're sitting down and, and all the all the the, 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 the suspension yeah. your your legs don't get to do some of the suspension they can do. Um, you know, maybe the seat is not doing its thing. But also I was thinking
1: Wind, the protection, wind protection for me is the right. biggest thing because buffeting your head or a heavy helmet, wear a, a heavy lighter helmet, helmet, yeah. buffeting have a you know, the GSA, I'm there's, assuming there's, the GSA has a really good I don't know because I haven't seen the new one, but the
2: windscreen. they have a
1: good windscreen. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, remember you remember you always liked the BMW with yeah, the windscreen. Did, it's yeah. funny when we used to ride, when we used to ride do adventure bike rides, and I'd be you know we had a KTM and a, and a BMW. Heather I wanted to usually... ride the, the BMW on the roads.
1: Yeah, and then, and then
2: BMW off uh, the road. No, 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 it's I would, no, the B, no. You wanted the BMW on road and the KTM, KTM off road. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You always, you'd always I would switch
1: it up. Yeah, switch it yeah. up. But that was when I when my neck was really bad. I did the buffeting of the wind. I think 80 miles per hour was my max. That was what was going too fast was that buffeting at 80 would kill me
2: more than more than like 55
1: and more than suspension because I think I didn't really feel the suspension in my back. I felt it. I felt the wind the most.
2: So so he wants to narrow down the test riding and stuff. I actually texted, you know, I, I emailed him back and I said, hey, try the Africa Twin.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I
2: really, because I think it's got good wind protection. Mm-hmm. And they have, they have the regular one and then the Adventure Sports. And the regular one, believe it or not, is the one that, that Honda feels is a little more dirt worthy. And the, re, the Adventure Sports is a little more for the, the the long distance touring. But they've always had good suspension. So you're not going to have a problem there. They don't go too stiff and they definitely don't go too soft um I, I i'm supposed to go ride the new one but um somehow they they honda lost their dirt media guy and so i um having a hard time getting my claws back in there i, I know other outlets you know of course the big ones that know everything have already uh, been riding that bike but um they'll they'll leave it to the experts when we you know come crawling in our hands and knees and beg for that bike not i told i told i told berm cannon to call I, I sent him the contact info i'm like mark go get these guys oh yeah you know get go go tell them we can uh, get a comment or two uh yeah well you know it's it's quality over quantity exactly the opposite of the way that i eat food <laughs> next
1: okay christopher morti more Eats. Thanks for another informative show, Jimmy, and right on Trevor for joining you. What about right on Heather for joining you? I can't, he hasn't I know seen this he one hasn't yet. seen me yet, so it's okay. Yeah.
2: He's a student, ex student.
1: Oh, cool. Well, thank you for writing in, and thanks for taking the class. I can't help but think about the donkey hit, or d- the donkey that you hit in Las Vegas, in the Vegas Torino race.
2: He's talking about Trevor.
1: Yep, Trevor hit that donkey. Your reaction time to that was amazing. Good job, and glad you're okay. By the way, My lightweight variant to the 690 is my Beta 498. I have been very fortunate to not ever had to hike out and leave my bike. Came close once with the knocking Honda 600R. Logan, your multi-language reading skills are getting better with each show. Google Translate is magic. Laugh out loud. I'm happy you are discussing the 125X 250FX. The more I think about it, I'm thinking the 250X is a good choice once I'm back in the saddle. Logan is getting good at explaining how bikes work. Nice to see. Nice of you, Jimmy, Logan joining your show and coach your school. In fact, all the coaches you have Working for you, or an outstanding at honing in on making mistake on mistakes before they happen and helping to correct them.
2: You were doing you were doing really doing good, good at that good read at Heather end, until yeah, the end and I know, you started because because that that was well written. So Christopher, yeah, it was hey, well first written. of all, Thank thanks for, for thanks for writing the wrap up to show number sixty. That, that was show sixty wrap up. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Um. And and thanks for the compliments. And that was sort of what we talked about in show sixty. So if you wonder what Christopher's talking about, he's talking about our last show. Um, and, um, yeah, I think, uh, what, was there a question? We do ahead? have
1: good, no, I think it's just a, we have good coach. Yeah, we do have Are good coaches. Are you a coach? I think so. I think so? You I don't think know.
2: so? Yeah, you're, you're a good coach. We
1: have good coaches. <laughs> uh
2: um, let's see if we got any more questions in the, in the, in the room here. Uh, if you want to go fast ride a Husaberg well, that's a, that's a double-edged sword because you know how much power Hoosaberg has, Heather? A lot. Yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> I do know because when <laughs> we rode that, we rode Thanksgiving this year, and I rode my five hundred KTM five hundred, and then you your rode your yeah. Well, I
2: rode your Hussleburg. yeah. My
1: girl five. My girl's bike, but well, K, KTM five hundred, <laughs> <laughs> and the um, the Hussleburg was it five seventy?
2: See, she doesn't know anything. about I don't know about anything motorcycles.
1: about motorcycles. I she just get on and sure ride. I wasn't sure
2: how many CCs the huseberg
0: had.
1: I, you know what? I don't even know what bikes are anymore. I can't tell by looking at the motor because I don't they pay all look attention. The same? They look the same. I have to look for the. I have to look at the logo on the bike or something. And <laughs> most, then the,
2: most of ours, they fall the off. The worst
1: one is when I see the yellow bike that says 500, and it's really like a 250. 600. 600? Yeah. Uh, oh, it says 600. 600, yeah. 600 it's is it's really a 250? 250? No. Yeah. It's okay. But anyway. But when, I, but when we rode that, the Husaberg did was really fast. I remember getting in the, the sand wash and thinking, holy crud.
2: So Dan Zordon asked a question. He says, Yamaha Tenere 700, what do you know? Well, guess what, Dan? You know what I did this morning, like right when I woke up? I signed some non-disclosure agreements that prohibit me from talking about it, except for making social media posts that show me having fun but revealing no knowledge whatsoever of that particular bike. But on June 4th, I may or may not be riding one and on June 9th you're probably gonna see the best information known to man uh, on that bike uh, relayed to you because there are some there are some things you should know like yeah. like because you're a, I hope you're a. US citizen <laughs> so.
1: Andrew Short posted a picture today and said what color blue, black or white?
2: I'm getting a blue one. I, I I request a blue one.
1: You like the blue? It's like blue and black.
2: Blue's Yamaha colors yeah. to me. Yeah. You know, red and Very whites true. are like traditional yeah. colors. Like I raced red and white Yamaha's, I raced blue Yamahas and never raced a black Yamaha. But uh
1: well, adventure bikes they usually go towards black. People do, but Yeah.
2: So um yeah, I wonder I wonder if Andrew gets one before I do. Oh, that'd be devastating. Where's Andrew? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: Okay, next question.
1: From me, or over there?
2: Oh, all right. oh, on, on well, I didn't
1: know what you meant. Like I didn't know if you were reading next question oh, on so there. Oh, because literal. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. Okay, KTM TPI bikes. The per the 2006 200. That's the guy's name. Oh, okay. So the 2006 200, or is it 2006 200?
2: He, I since he's commenting on a K <laughs> on a KTM post.
1: <laughs> I'm sure he's probably. two thousand six. and and,
2: and 200s are kind of a KTM thing. Yeah. And this is a Kawasaki thing. What was your first bike? First real, first, first. What was the, f- what was the first bike you ever rode that was a good motorcycle? Me? Yes, you. What was your first good motorcycle you really enjoyed riding?
1: I enjoyed riding the XR 250, I believe. Was it a 250? The the my first four stroke. Once I went from two stroke to oh, 4 you're stroke, not gonna you're not I gonna loved. say
2: KDX 200. Oh no, the <laughs> KDX 200 I liked. Right.
1: But it yelled in my ear. K- Two strokes were always screaming at me, and I'm an emotional, an emotional <laughs> rider. I do not like my bike to be screaming at me, okay. unless so, I'm on the so you're, track. so.
2: It was the XR 250 that it was I was the XR 250,
1: I and that's when had. life yeah, yeah. changed for me. I was like, oh, I love this. You're I can a four stroke. I can lug the bike. I can enjoy the sound and hear the birds while I'm riding. Just kidding.
2: No one do you get along with Johnny Campbell. <laughs> No, but
1: I do. I it just it was so much more mellower. No, it's
2: funny because I thought you were going to say because. So when I met Heather, when I met Heather, um, well, when I remember meeting Heather, I
1: was on a Husky 250 and I was 14.
2: Right, and I was I don't know how old, but you can do the math. And I pulled up next to her on my KTM. KTM or Yamaha? I don't remember. It was just a uh, motorcycle. I, I was it was a the, white motorcycle. Yeah, we were on
1: the bomb run of some race. Bomb the bomb run? At, at
2: no, it was it was, it was, it was a bad. It was, oh, it was badgers.
1: It was a badgers
2: race out at Barstow. Yeah,
1: and we were practicing the bomb.
2: I think we were lining up for the bomb.
1: No, we, we were, were practicing. It was the day before.
2: And we were practicing, we were the, practicing, bomb practicing run. the bomb run because it was European scramble. So, yeah, because I I remember that race. I rode three, I rode one twenty five, two fifty, in open that that day just to make money, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't, and I managed to steal a, a KTM five hundred from Dave Chase. <laughs> I don't think he knew. <laughs> I think it was it was one of Dan Smith's bikes or Danny Hamill's bikes or something. It was actually Dan Smith's probably, but uh, actually it was probably a five forty because no, that's why it was sitting in the shop because nobody wanted to ride the five forty because they weren't, weren't that good Um, but anyway so long story short uh i pulled up next to this girl on she was probably all of what five two at the time oh yeah yeah Yeah, probably
1: and i weighed probably like a hundred pounds maybe a hundred pounds on a on a
2: 1982
1: 87 83 84 i don't know husky what side was the kickstarter on left left side kickstarter Kickstarter. touch the ground couldn't
2: touch the ground and she's practicing bomb run starts on this thing. And, and uh, I remember pulling up to her, <laughs> and i just I just going, whoa, <laughs> what's this chick doing? You know, she was doing pretty good. I mean, I, 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 I remember, but I, I just remember just going, hey, you need to tell your dad to get you a smaller bike.
1: <laughs> and I was just like, no, this bike's fine. This is
2: my bike. <laughs> That's good. So... Oh. So, but yeah, you had it, and then and then you probably went and told your dad that some. No,
1: I didn't tell my dad anything. You I, didn't tell me. Anything? No, I just.
2: I think you did because the next no. time I saw you had a KDX 200.
1: Oh yeah, but that was years later. I think oh, I broke took, my back first on the on the, on the husky. The husky. Yeah, I broke my back on the oh, husky wow. when I was 15. And oh, then wow,
2: that's all, there's all that time in between. Yeah, and yeah, then
1: yeah. I got then I got the KDX. The I got yeah. the KDX because of you. After I broke my back.
2: Because I think we, I think I, I, I remember that's so I told you that, and I think somehow you told your dad that.
1: Yeah. Well, so. we, we'll,
2: we'll we'll get Ned in here one time because he can talk a story up.
1: Hmm. <laughs> anyway, so, so we'll go back to two thousand six two hundred. The perfect woods bike, in my opinion, would be the two fifty XCW, but the XC gear with the XC gearbox.
2: So he is saying that the perfect woods bike would be the 250 XCW with the XC gearbox. Well, they make the XC? The only difference is, well, you got different suspension. Everything's the same. Um for for a woods racing guy, mm, I I bet you can. I, I bet you should just, if if that's your opinion, I would get the XC and just work a little bit with the suspension. You can probably do it only with clickers. I raced an XCW and an XC on the same day. And I bet you with clickers, I could get them to work mostly the same. I mean, very similar, you know, similar level of a suspension feel and stuff like that. So, um, uh, gearbox wise. Yeah. So you can take the XC back the clickers and back the, you know, the suspension settings off, maybe a little less air pressure in the fork and stuff. And you can make it work like an XCW. Then you have the gearbox and, and then, uh, Maybe you have to add a headlight, I guess, to make it the same one. I'm not sure. Hopefully I answer that question properly, the 2006-200. I have a 2006 KTM 200. You want to buy it? It's for sale because as soon as I sell that thing, it's 300 TPI time for Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> right, Heather? I mean, it's for Heather. <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot. I haven't
1: ridden the TPI epi i don't you think. have i think you
2: ride george's bike no do you ride the husky that was here
1: no oh. no i don't think so
2: okay you'll love it where's
1: my beer is that you're drinking my beer yeah here oh okay here we will answer share. the next question okay
2: um see how you do that the husky 501 question is mx mania co5 says thanks for the test i want one again if anyone is interested in watching one of the baddest off-road racers in the world haul ass on Ars, and yeah, that's an Australian again, on one of these. Check this out. And he sent a link to the um, the video that uh, Adam uh, Redman did, which is uh he had a he had one of Australia's fastest, like you know, desert off-road guys ride the bike, and it's he does really good videos. So. Um, Nope. Check the check the comments on our Husky 501 test, and you'll see the link to that. I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty cool. You done with that? Yeah, I'm done. Here, then you just take this, and I'll take this. Go ahead. Uh, we're talking about the KTM 390 now.
1: Okay, KTM. I'm not just saying, but not only is this a great detailed and balanced review, but it might be the best bike reviewed I've watched. First time I've seen one of your reviews because the, of the name and narrow association of Dirk Bike Channel. I am not a motocross or enduro rider. Based on this review, I'm subscribing to your channel to see if you have any other have other cross platform and adventure bike videos. Thanks.
2: Um, well, thanks for thanks for the comment. Yeah, so we are kind of narrow focused because we're dirt bike test. Mm-hmm. But we do we do if if it can be ridden in the dirt, um, we'll put an obby tire on it or you know an off road biased tire on it and go ride it in the dirt. That's what we do, and we. I would I would love to have street bike tests do the exact same thing on the street side, and I'd love to have adventure bike tests do the exact same thing on adventure bikes. And if anybody wants to invest in that particular uh, market and uh, come in and be the editor in chief and uh, the janitor, it'd be one position. Uh, <laughs> by the way, um, I can train you. You just have to follow me around with a with a recorder like George does, and then you you just do it, and it pays. 80% of revenue or something like that? I don't know. It's a business opportunity. I need an intern first. I need a lot boy. Shop boy. A shop boy. Shop boy. Shop blizzard.
1: No, you need to respect them and oh. <laughs> call them what their name
2: is. <laughs> call them what their name is? <laughs> Used to, what'd you call me?
1: What, you? Yeah. Jimmy? Oh. I have no idea.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Um... We're having an amazing sunset in Prump right now, evidently. Oh, we
1: can't see it.
2: According to uh, Conrad. Um,
1: oh, bummer. That's,
2: that's good that he's uh, checking that out. We have to kind of keep this thing. Uh, but, you know, Dennis, you know, Matt's...
1: Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. Is his uncle or something like it, Dennis says he's missing it because he's up in Alaska. Oh,
1: I, yeah. yeah. Hey, Dennis,
2: Matt's been making sure your bikes don't clo- uh, clog pilot jets. He's he was riding new. them. He was riding around last time.
1: That's
2: good. Um. A lot of people dismiss the AER forks on the XC, but I think they are great. Cody, I agree with you. Um, I think the, the suspension on the KTMs right now overall is really, really good, especially if you're using it um, for what it's intended for. Uh, next thing. Oh, that's a that's a, that's a read. I'm going to do that. This is a kind of a read, but it's a friend of mine. Um, so do you like dirt bike test stories? Do you like dirt bike stories? Go to WeWentFast.com for in-depth, long-form pieces about motocross and off-road history. It's run by Brent Smith, or BJ, as I knew him in a former life when I edited his work for the magazines. Check out his stuff at the website, or if you're too lazy to read, you can subscribe to his podcast where he reads the stories to you. That's brilliant.
1: I searched this when I overheard you talking to him. I didn't know who he was, so I searched. We went fast, and it's actually a really nice no out BJ. Website. Okay,
2: so I, I'm I, we just kind of yeah. I got to finish the read. Hold okay, on.
1: Okay, sorry. Whoa, wheelie boys, wheelie boys, yeah, so that's like racer boys. Oh,
2: those, those are the ones that are gonna eat a lunchbox or something like that.
1: <laughs> oh, racer boy <laughs> with a.
2: Yeah, someone's going to end up in a bad thing. So search "We Went Fast" in your favorite podcast player. It's an ad-free website, so throw him support by picking up one of his rad shirt designs at WeWentFast.com backslash shop. Okay. I
1: He also does Patreon.
2: I, yeah, yeah. George tells me to do a Patreon. I
1: know. We should.
2: We should? Yeah. So people can just send me money?
1: Other, there's opinions about that, yeah. but
2: There's opinions about yeah. that. You're getting what you're paid for here. I I actually, on one, like on show, I'm going to say 40-something or other, I said, well, we got to figure out how to make this thing work. And then a few people sent me money, and I I sent it back to them. Yeah. (laughs) Because I don't, I would rather have it, I I remember how the magazines used to work, and I saw, it's not that there's a magazine. I just saw how that thing worked, and the whole machine worked. And in order to promote your product, you have to advertise your product. And then, if, if there's people that are experts in the field that people are going to 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 learn, like mm-hmm. people that will trip across this podcast, live show, video, you you, you know, you're going to get some stuff. And so, funny thing, that's a, that I, I actually was talking to BJ. He's a good friend of mine um, through through work, and he does he does some of the best researched. Long form articles, just like he says, mm-hmm. uh, that that tell stories. He's he's got one on Danny Hamill, mm-hmm. and when he said he was doing one on Danny oh, Hamill, wow. I'm like I'm like let me let me help you with it. Let me yeah. help edit to make sure it's factually correct. And and he didn't. I don't know if he knew or he didn't know that I raced with Danny mm-hmm. when I did. And and I'm like I have photos. I can dig some photos up because he was short on photos, and mm-hmm. and that's the kind of cool stuff that this you know this collaboration sort of allows. Although you know both the reason we were talking, we were joking about how. You know it's hard to make a nickel selling a T-shirt, mm-hmm. and you always have to have new designs. And I was gonna, I was gonna, I got a thing because I subscribed to his list because I want to see when he puts up new work. About I was gonna kind of, I was gonna do a read that I pulled off of his mm-hmm. newsletter. He's like, oh, don't do that because that's only for my subscribers, and he was tracking it. Yeah, and he, yeah.
1: It's
2: it's it's tricky to be in this business right now to try to stay afloat and do what you love and he does it for essentially free like we do it essentially yeah. for free and you know we're just trying to kind of keep this thing going but really if you're if if you want to do you know some cool historical pieces if you're new and you wonder about the history of this sport um different things or you
1: things, hear a name or yeah, something you hear a name, you, you want to know is, who yeah. who the
2: hell is Bob Hanna yeah you, you know you know um BJ's probably written a story about that mm-hmm. and he used to do stuff for us at dirt bike or, I'm sorry, Dirt Rider magazine. When I was editor, of Dirt Rider, and I always, I always felt like I couldn't pay him enough because I knew how much work he put mm-hmm. into it. But it was, a, it was a passion, and he did some really cool, cool stuff. And it, a lot of, and the good thing about this, this being able to segment your publishing is now you can, you know, sort of target your audience. And it's up there if you want want to read it. But you'll find something cool there, and you'll learn something. Kind of like you know mm-hmm. when you listen to us babble about dirt bikes and dirt bike related products
1: didn't eric from racer x used to write like that eric johnson yeah, eric same johnson thing used to oh, write those it, long yeah, stories yeah, long form mm-hmm.
2: stories and and in the, in the magazine days here's the thing in the magazine days you had to cut it down and edit it down into a digestible piece that would fit in the pages you only had so many pages of stuff it in it and those guys would just cram word after word in there and but it was all good and mm-hmm. you're like god we have to take this whole section out i hate to do this to you you know yeah. and I, I wasn't really doing it you know it was like it was the page count doing it i would have left it in there cuz cuz once i started reading these things mm-hmm. like half the stuff i read in my screen i'd fall asleep and i was like oh geez, this is dribble again but you know it was usually a bike test that i wrote but
1: but the historical when, stuff was when, interesting when I, too. yeah
2: read his stuff about you know cuz he did the research and he and he had a unique perspective on it mm-hmm. and he so he works with ESPN does a lot of stuff for X games does. and yeah bj yeah yeah. So, um, yeah. Check out. We went fast. Um, let them know that Dirt Bike Test sent you. Uh, if you're into that kind of stuff, um, George actually already posted it. Good. He's Good got, job. I was gonna. I was thinking about calling George on the phone, but might be too much technology for me at this point. Plus, it's eight eleven.
1: Are we done?
2: Are you done? We got more know. questions. We more We're not questions. done till we get to the end of the questions.
1: Okay. Oh, so we have oh four more pages.
2: No, we don't. Let me see. What's the next one? I'm going to rip through these pretty quick I can read. Wait, no, we don't, 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 don't. um, We're at the second to last page. We're good. KTM350, Chris Blanchard says, how does this bike ride on the road? I hear the KTM500 EXCF vibrates at the foot pegs and bars quite a bit. Heather, you're (laughs) the vibration
1: The Husky, to me, vibrates. And I know they're the same bike, but it's different. I don't feel it on the KTM, but on the Husky, I did.
2: So on to that. So uh, the KTM 500 and the KTM 350 EXCF vibrate exactly the same at a different RPM level. Like as, if you're talking about the vibrations that are coming out of the motor, shaking around or whatever it is. But it's so minimal. It's so – they're so smooth. And yeah, they, ride. they you don't do. Know. They
1: are much better.
2: If but. your wheels are a little bit out of balance, it'll override anything that you're feeling, you know, from the vibration from the motor. And it's – even the two-stroke like the counterbalance two strokes now are just amazing compared to an old one so they're they're working on this stuff. I don't think that it's a point even worth really bringing up. I mean we, we don't I don't really talk about it in my test because I don't even notice it yeah. but you can screw it up by just putting on tires that are out of balance and things like that um, you know having something loose on the motorcycle.
1: Or body position, sitting down versus standing. I didn't really notice it when I was standing up, but I yeah, didn't you, notice it when yeah, I was sitting Yeah, you don't sitting. notice.
2: And he's talking about maybe the vibration yeah. you feel through the foot pegs or the handlebars, and and you know. But that's there's, where there's I feel the stuff. vibration.
1: I never felt it in the handlebars. I always feel the vibration in my feet.
2: In the foot pegs, yeah, and you don't feel it on the new bike no. except for Husky. Yeah. Thanks, Heather. I was trying to get Sorry. Husky to come on and advertise, and now that's done.
1: Well, just because vibration, <laughs> vibration could be a good thing.
2: Uh oh, here we go. <laughs> Richard Springs says, thank you very much for your informative, very informative video. I have a 216 Africa Twin, and I love it. Well, thanks, Richard. Yeah, there's there's a new one coming out. I'd like to ride it, but I'm going to have Berm Cannon get on the horn and get the Honda guys and let us know. Hi, Jimmy. A question for Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. I have been experiencing sharp pains in my wrists Arthritis-related, I'm 64 when I hit a sharp bump. Oh, yes, yeah, Flex bars, Heather says? Yeah. I ride a 2017 Husky T-300i. Might vibrate, right? Um,
0: the suspension is
2: great, but on sharp hits, I have a sharp, short pain. I want to keep riding for years, so I'm thinking about adding something like flex bars to soften the sting. Yes.
1: What, in well, your opinion,
2: is the best system for this extra bit of shock absorption and pros and cons. I don't currently use a stabilizer if that matters, Terry.
1: One thing, I know we shouldn't we're not supposed to go back to body position, but body position is he leaning on the bars or is he just ba- is he balancing? Man, I'm glad not- you
2: came into the show. You know we run an <laughs> off-road riding school. You can check it out at www.jimmylewisoffroad.com. Yeah,
1: but my scientific brain keeps going right. To body position and ergonomics, and because the pain doesn't difference. hurt as
2: much when you don't have an extra twenty pounds pushing on your on hands. It.
1: Yeah. When, so when you're doing not it, so, saying that he's not going to feel that sh- that hit, which the flex bars help no, with.
2: No, I, I, you know, I wouldn't even. Have gone I, mean, there. Yeah, I I. Sorry. Would, I no, no, no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have that. gone there, and not not in a good or bad way. I mean, just like I, I didn't even. Th- I was just going to go straight to the products.
1: Yeah, but, but I you're think you're
2: if- exactly right. Um, so yeah, take learning to take a little bit of weight off. So as a guy with completely destroyed wrists, actually I, I doubled up. I dropped something on my other wrist, (laughs) my Mm -hmm. good wrist. I dropped something on it yesterday and now it's a bad wrist and look at the swelling on that one. It's not good. Um, so, um, when I ride, I put very, very little weight on my hands Mm -hmm. because I have to. But the other thing is I do run flex handlebars on all of my bikes, and the difference between a bike with them or a bike without them is when I'm testing bikes that don't have that, mostly, you know, motocross bikes and, you know, more race-oriented bikes, if I try to ride two days in a row on the second day after riding a bike that doesn't have flex handlebars on it, I hurt. I, I, it, it, my wrists are sore. And almost to the point where I don't want to ride, and that's really strange. So, yes, flex handlebars are one of the one of the helping factors. There's there's a lot of different stuff. There's BRP bar clamps that reduce some of the vibration. There's um, XC uh, Gear makes some different kind of handlebars, and they all work a little bit different, and it really depends on to what level. I even on some of my adventure bikes, I run the foam, they called lawnmower grips, big mm. thick foam lawnmower grips which are hard for me because I have a I have a small hand, and so it's hard for me to wrap around like I want to on the thicker grips. But even the grips can make a, a big difference. Yeah. The steering stabilizer is also a contributing factor because if you get that sharp that hit in it, and it actually, yeah when you're out of balance, if you hit and you're a little bit out of balance, it sends all the shock down one arm or the other because mm-hmm. you've initiated a turn and the wheel wants to turn on you. Yeah. So, yes, steering stabilizers can dampen some of that out as well. There's so much stuff you can do, and it's easy to fix it. I would start with um, thinking about your riding position, and I always say if you're riding properly, you feel like you can take your hands off the handlebars. If you can't take your hands off the handlebars, you need to come and see me at www.jimmylottisoffroad.com, and we can help you out. Um,
1: uh, I was riding in Mexico with Hooters on Scooters race, or bar, not ride, race, yep. ride with Jen Morton and um, with Baja Bound Moto they um, on that tour, and... I did. I rode I think I was on a, a new Yamaha, and I was. A, they were test bikes. Yeah, yeah. And I did notice that because we didn't have. It, it wasn't. It didn't have your setup, which is the flex bars and all the nice stuff oh, and the oh, steering and, stabilizer.
2: Right. And one other I thing. I did
1: notice it very the much. The very so. very
2: first thing that you do when you feel that if it's like bleed the air out of the forks. Yeah, I didn't
1: do that. I know. So I know. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. do that.
2: It's not technical. About. But always, if, if it's if your bike feels a little stiff. Always, always. I mean, it's it's funny because when I'm riding with Diamond Dave mm-hmm. all the time, the first thing we always do is the minute there's bleed the air out of the forks. And mm-hmm. and so there's a lot to go there. But anyhow. Yeah. Um, yeah, Terry, uh, I know you can fix this. It's no problem. You probably don't have to come see me. Um, we're expensive. Let's see. Um, Paul Van Horn to dirtbiketest.com says, I have a 2019 KTM 690 that I've set up for light adventure riding. I'm starting to test different clicker settings on the forks, and I'm confused by what KTM has in their user manual for recommending settings. For both compression and rebound, the manual suggests, and he he goes through comfort 10 clicks out, standard 15 clicks out, sport 20 clicks out. He says, this seems opposite of what I would expect. I looked at the 790R recommended settings and they have what I expected as recommended and more compression and rebound for more aggressive. Is this a typo in the 690 user manual, or is there something unique about the suspension setup I am not considering? So, um, Comfort 10, standard 15, sport 20. You know, to me, that is looking like a typo because usually stiffer means more sporty. But at the same time, sometimes and uh have I ever said I'm not a fan of the KTM 690 out loud? No, oh, I, I said it all the time. Oh, I
1: have no idea. Yeah. Maybe S- I don't S- watch S- you enough. This, this,
2: <laughs> come on, honey. Every every Tuesday night. No. Um. So I think it, it, it honestly that bike could be. Who knows? Because it's it's kind of it's kind of a unique bike where they're trying to get it to do everything, and it may be a typo. And but I could actually see where the way that they have the valving set up that they feel that it's set up more for for you know on road riding. Mm-hmm. And and is it compression? It's compression and rebound. It says compression and rebound. You know what? I'll bet you that thing that manual was written at – Friday at 4.30 and the guy that was writing it needed to get to the bar <laughs> is what I'm guessing. Kind of like I need to get to the bar right now, but they're all closed. <laughs> um, just who knows? I, it doesn't seem right to me and it is the uh, the kind of opposite of what I feel is we, sort of normal. We freeze it, up?
1: Is it frozen? We
2: froze up on that one, but not this one. Oh, okay. Um, is that all the questions? We, yeah. We ripped through the whole thing? We're done. We're done. We have to do that one more time. You get to read it this time. I'll let you, I'll let you know when. Um, I gotta look and see if there's any more questions in our chat room. Um, let's see if I push play. It probably actually because I was so not paying attention to it. Any other questions on the uh, in the chat room? I don't think so. Thanks, George, for posting that stuff up. I would have called you, but you probably had a couple in you are just going to insult me. You're going to tell me I should probably go get a job down at Little Caesars or something like that. (laughs) Uh,
1: um,
2: Hey, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, You guys really helped make this show kind of what it is.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, Share it with your friends, especially when this... um...
1: There's the artwork.
2: Oh, Ryan's artwork is up on the screen.
1: It was. Oh, yeah, Yeah, it still is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I, I'm I'm kind of bummed because like my bike should be just doing a roost while it's standing still. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the one thing he did do that was really good is you notice we all have one foot down.
1: Yes, we I did. I actually I, did look I, at I, that. I commented I did on look it. I'm at like, that. I'm like, oh
2: thank God he didn't put with me two feet yeah. down. I feel so out of control. I'd like literally have to cover my eyes. <laughs> I would not know what was going on. Yeah. Um so we are gonna wrap this thing up. Again, uh Man, I should talk about what climb product I was most impressed with this week. Your you, climb hat—that's uh, you, my. This
1: hat is—I know it is. I might steal this hat from you. That's it's my hat. Really
2: that's my hat. Is
1: it your hat? It's
2: my hat, just like and you gave me my hat. Yeah. Um, it's
1: really
2: comfortable. Oh no, huh? it was the it was the F five the F five carbon helmet that I was wearing. Oh yeah, when it, how yeah, white yeah, that thing was. You did say was. it
1: was really nice.
2: I'm blown away because I've been wearing other helmets mm-hmm. lately, and and I. Loved. I just I put it on. And I I handed it to somebody. I said, "Feel the uh, – It
1: was at me at the cabin. Oh,
2: it was you and Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We kind of kind of like, hey, check this, check this helmet out. So pretty. Um, uh, check out. Actually, they're having a big sale on them. I I ha- I don't know where exactly how you're gonna have to look at the internets and stuff, but they are ha- currently having a sale uh, on the uh, climb helmets. I've seen that come across my feed. So
1: George might post it on here.
2: He probably He's already did. Really good at that. Yeah um thanks for everybody for commenting in uh if you're listening to this on the podcast we don't really get a whole lot of feedback from those but if you need to get a hold of me it's jimmy at dirtbiketest.com uh every once in a while i want to talk about a product or two you can get a discount code uh thanks to nate at ddc these Uh, are these this shiny sprocket sprocket that we've been covering up and hiding all the time
1: sorry i didn't
2: mean to hey nate i need some sprockets for some hondas uh, so I'll be talking to you soon. Um, Racing.net. They, uh, make some good sprockets, uh, climb gear.
1: Is this what you do? Like,
2: um, nobody's <laughs> done that before, but don't <laughs> knock the beer over like I did the tequila earlier.
1: That could be a cool picture frame.
2: Right. But it's a sprocket that I'm going to put on a motorcycle. Yeah. But and go... later
1: when you're done with it, you can paint it and like,
2: yeah, quit you know. being so artsy. Okay. So um, Heather, are you ready yeah. to read our last read? Let, sure. uh, do it with some gusto, and that way I can like point to this read, and I could get um, Logan to, you know, poor Logan. Okay.
1: Now you're putting the pressure on me. I
2: know you got to <laughs> do it perfect. The, this this one it it's written out perfect. It's all good. It's not like some of the readers that we have. All, hey, we had no weird names this time no, either. It was good. No, no name challenges. So yeah. okay.
1: Powered by a distinct ready-to-race mentality, KTM is the world's leading high-performance street and off-road sport motorcycle manufacturer. With North North American headquarters based in Marietta, California, over the years KTM has built a reputation as a fierce competitor on racetracks around the world and the brand's remarkable global success is reflected in every product it develops and every move it makes. That's good. Thank you.
2: You're a little more snap in there. You can just like <laughs> do it like a like a radio announcer.
1: I don't know. My friend be- was went to school to become a, a newscast person. Really? And she said that I she did didn't too. Really and look what turned look
2: at I turned out. I yeah. just went riding dirt bikes. Hey, so
1: thank you everyone for thanks all the, to everyone, hellos.
2: the hellos, the happy faces, the smiles. Um, if you like Heather, um, you just you know make her come back because otherwise she's going to hibernate and leave me alone. Next week, I'll be doing the show by myself out of my cave here in Pahrump, Nevada, Valley of the Dirt People. So with that, we're going to say we'll see you out on the trail, and cheers.
0: Cheers. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. Who are we? We make and sell the ultimate products to perfect out your Austrian dual sport motorcycle, um, KTM EXC, EXCF, XCFW. Husqvarna FE and FES, and soon we'll be developing uh, some, some products and components for the Honda CRF 450L, RL, and X bikes. Uh, we build out bikes for our clients and friends from Sunday Trail Specials all the way up to fully equipped global slayers like what RTW Paul is riding on as he uh, travels around the world on an EXC 500. In late 21, we'll be rolling out a full-service suspension shop as well as a motor program, full rebuilds, blueprinting, balancing, getting rid of the motor buzz and the big board KTM thumpers, top-end valve grindings, uh, the works. Uh, We want to extend, ultimately, what we're after is to extend your ride day uh, and your endurance and your stamina and be able to keep you on the bike for more riding years. We've got a bunch of 70-year-old riders out there who, with our help, Hopefully, we'll be riding well into their 90s. Motico, find us on the, spe- on the out on all the socials. Uh, go out and get some adventure.